Jesus says, show me the coin that pays the census tax. And then they handed him the Roman coin. And he says to them, whose inscription and image is this? And you can actually look this coin up if you, if you go on Wikipedia, you type in, or if you search into a Google search, um, tribute penny, and you can see exactly the coin that they're talking about in this particular reading um, that Jesus would have actually looked at when he was handed the coin. And it's, uh, it's, it's got the head, it kind of looks similar to our American coins right now. It's got the head of the Caesar at the time, Tiberius. And it says on it, there's an inscription on there that says, Caesar Augustus Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus, which was his father. And um, I think this is, this is very, very interesting passage from Jesus. He says, right after he says, okay, so who, whose inscription and whose image is on this coin? says, okay, then it belongs to Caesar. Give it to Caesar. And then at the end, he adds, and to God, what belongs to God. As if to say, on what or where do you find God's image and inscription? So the coin itself has Caesar's inscription, Caesar's face on it. So where is the image and the inscription of God? Because that belongs to God. And this word for image that Jesus uses so beautifully and really clever, in a really clever way, is the word icon. And it's the exact same word that is used in Genesis 1. Let us make man in our image, God said, and after our own likeness. So God created man in his own, in the image of God. Male and female, he created them. So this concept is called Imago Dei. It means that we are all little stamps and images of God himself with the inscription of God himself written inside of us. Now, I think this concept actually has a, a, this concept and a rebellion against this concept of being created in the image and likeness of God with a nature that is of God is at the very heart of some of the cultural wars that we have in today's society. We feel very uh, unrestful right now. Um, certainly we have our elections coming up and we've had so much, you might say, drama over the past year. And these cultural wars these tectonic plates under the cultural wars, I think, has a lot to do with this concept of what is our nature? Who are we as human beings? 
Are we something? Or are we anything? And so, I'd like to read this passage from the Catechism about being made in the image and likeness of God. It's a little bit of a lengthy passage. Normally I wouldn't read something this long. But I think it's very, very helpful for our understanding of where we're at in society today and where the actual cultural battle and the cultural war is. It gives some illumination. By virtue of his soul and unique powers of intellect and will, all mankind is endowed with freedom and an outstanding manifestation of the divine image. We are all manifestations of God. Every single individual in here is a manifestation of God himself. By his reason, his capacity to reason, which we know that human beings are the only animal that has the capacity to reason, man recognizes the voice of God, which urges him to do what is good and avoid what is evil. This is the inscription inside of us. The words of God himself. Everyone is obliged to follow this law, which makes itself heard in the conscience and is fulfilled in the love of God and neighbor. Living a moral life bears witness to the dignity of the person. Man, enticed by the evil one in the beginning, abused his freedom at the very beginning of history. Think about Adam and Eve here in original sin. He succumbed to temptation and did what was evil. We as human beings still desire the good, but our nature bears the wound of original sin. We are now inclined to evil and error, and we find ourselves as human beings divided within ourselves very often. As a result, the whole life of human beings, both individual and social, becomes a struggle and a dramatic struggle between good and evil, between light and darkness. By his passion, Jesus delivered us from Satan and sin. He merited for us a new life in the Holy Spirit. And by the grace of Jesus, what sin has damaged in us is restored by his grace. He who believes in Christ becomes a son of God. And his adoption transforms him by giving him the ability to follow the example of Christ. It makes him capable of acting rightly and doing good. In union with Jesus, the disciple attains the perfection of charity, which is holiness. Having matured in grace, the moral life blossoms into the eternal life and the glory of heaven. 
Little divine stamps with little divine inscriptions, all of us here present. We are all very, very precious in the eyes of God. And Western society as a whole, we say Judeo-Christian society, this concept is the very foundation of that. That all of us are precious, all of us have dignity, because we all are little stamps of God. This, of course, is kind of being rebelled about in modernity in a lot of ways. And we sometimes have this false sense of freedom and what it means to be a human being nowadays. This idea that being a human being and having a human nature is infinitely malleable. It's almost like Plato, right? And you can kind of make a human being whatever you want it to be. To be. Meaning, we as individuals get to decide what it means to be a human being. Rather than God has created us in His image and His likeness, and that means something. I think some of the most um, blatant examples of this, and this is where we've come in, in what we now call post-modernity, is that our human sexuality is completely malleable. And the family itself is completely malleable. You know, you don't need to have a mother and a father, a husband and a wife, children. And we see a lot of, a lot of this in the gender ideology of the times, meaning you can kind of choose who you are as a human being, depending on the day, and there's a, there's a malleability, and, um, you know, even on Facebook we see this, there's all these different decisions for me deciding how I define my humanity. My, my humanity itself is not fixed. It is not something. So this, of course, comes in contrast with how we see things as a church. And so the church is kind of seen as rigid and ancient and sometimes, unfortunately, even bigoted. All of the laws and the teachings of the church are oriented from this understanding of human flourishing. We are made in God's image and likeness that means something. Jesus himself, God himself, became a human being to show human beings what it means to be human. And we have an incredible dignity. And we are made to flourish. And peace is meant to flourish in our hearts. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of showing us our humanity and how to live as human beings so that our humanity can flourish. We thank you for making us in your own image 
through God the Father and the mystery and the beauty of participating in the divine life. We ask you to bless us as individuals in all the different ways that we sin and kind of rebel against the beauty of creation that you've established within us. We ask you to bless our society as a whole, our culture as a whole. Help us, Lord, to shine with the light of divinity and goodness and beauty. And we ask all of these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.